Conversations with the inspiring minds. Using design and creativity towards social change. This is Design for the People with Greg Bunbury. Hello and welcome to Design for the People. I'm your host, Greg Bunbury, and on this show, I'll be speaking to the designers, artists, creative thinkers and activists using their skills to tackle social issues, uplift communities and make a difference in the world. For those watching on YouTube, if you're enjoying this content, please be sure to like the video and subscribe to the channel. It really helps grow our audience and amplifies our guests. Joining me on today's show is the founder of the Art Meets Culture platform, Ade Sanusi. Born and raised in Hackney, London and of Nigerian descent, Ade is an entrepreneur, podcaster and social media events and brand partnership specialist, boasting over 10 years experience in digital marketing. Ade uses his platform to champion, amplify and support emerging black creatives and artists. As a social strategist, he has produced an impressive array of campaigns across social media networks, in the process of amassing over 10,000 followers across platforms. Inspired by the work of young and talented artists he found across socials, Addy was surprised their work had never been exhibited and spotted a gap in the market. So in 2014, he founded Art Meets Culture, a platform to showcase music hacks and artists through live events and social media content. Ade organized five live shows within his first year, and from the success of those initial events, the platform has since expanded into the podcasting space, not to mention virtual events during the lockdown here in the UK. Ade, welcome to the show. Bro, that was an iconic intro. I'm thinking, did I tell him this? Did I tell him that? I said, nah, he did his research. <laughs> nah, I love that, man. I appreciate it, man. Thank you for having me, man. Oh, no, no, that's all love. That's all love. Um, thanks for joining us. I really appreciate your time today. Um, nice. I was so impressed with your podcast. Uh, for those listening, um, I discovered Ade's work when I saw a podcast of his listed on a social media network and it was just blew me away, just blew me away in terms of how professional, how well produced, how considerate and how good you are at doing it. Thank you, man. It, it, it took, it, it took its time, but you know, we got there. And, you know, making it happen, you know, for the artist. Oh, amazing. Um, can you tell us a little about your background and your journey into marketing and social media? Ah, well, it's, it stemmed from me predominantly working in music, uh, 2008. Um, I got, I, I left university at University of East London. I was studying like film and media, but I said, let me take a year out because I didn't really enjoy the course. I didn't know where it was going. So I uh, managed to get an A&R position at Universal Music. Through there, that's when I learned more about um, the marketing side of things, you know, how artists were connecting to their audiences. Um, Facebook was more into the whole Facebook fan page group. So, you know, I was helping running those at the time. And then... Um, Nine months later, I then uh, started working with a label called Myish Music. Um, one of my mentors, Reggie, he was working um, at Def Jam. And he said, come on board on my label, be a label assistant. Um, and from there, I was working the Facebook pages, the Twitter pages, YouTube, just learning my trade and how marketing and, and social media worked. So I spent, my, spent four, four years there. And then that's when I founded um, Art Meets Music at the time, but now Art Meets Culture. And that was literally predominantly just seeing artists on Instagram and thinking like how these artists getting like 5,000 followers um, on their Instagram is this real? So let's connect with them and do a show. Because 
I haven't, I haven't seen, I hadn't seen any of these artists in galleries. It was always the typical large ones. You know, there was nothing for, you know, younger artists like, um, like your Kobe's or Tom Fitch's. And I was just like, let's connect with all these artists and bring them to the music side of things that I was doing at the time. So from there, it was just literally how we're going to promote on socials. Um, I always loved like, posters and flyers when wireless will drop a show or there'll be a tour announcement and i was always intrigued about the flyer and how they promote stuff so i really started to focus on the marketing aspect of art meets culture for the years it's like i knew i could do at the event but it's like the marketing always had to be on point so yeah that's the marketing side of things and then behind all of that you know after leaving my ish, I then worked for uh, Haddon PR, where I was a brand partnership manager. I worked at Complex for a, a little while. Um, you know, I did stuff for, you know, Rich London PR, and I've been doing stuff independently for artists today. Um, an artist called Jelani. So I briefly was working with him over the lockdown period, working with a company called uh, My Airfro Now, helping them with social media. Um, and predominantly now focusing on our social media and art meets culture, you know, trying different things. So it's been a, like a good, 10 years of learning how things move on a social media landscape, but also, you know, adapting accordingly because the platform's getting younger, you know, it's making people create creative things um, through reels, TikTok and everything like that. So yeah, 10 years solid <laughs> experience without the horror stories in place. I told you all the good parts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it pays off though, right? The thing that I'm interested in is like your sense of generosity, because to do the kind of work you do, to amplify other artists and to put other artists on, you have to come into it with a strong sense of generosity and community. Um, is that something that you've always had? Is that something that came from your background or that you've cultivated over the years? I mean, for sure. I mean, how I even look at my platform now, I was having a conversation with one, uh, one artist the other day, Kobe Mine. Um, he says, you know, he's always appreciative of what I've done for him because I helped initially helped him with his first London show because he was from Coventry. And he, he said something like quite powerful to me. It wasn't ego boosting, but it was powerful. He said, you know, you cannot stop what you're doing because, you know, people's destinies are attached to yours. Do you know what I mean? So whatever I, everything I put out, it's like my thoughts is always, how can I help the artist who's not getting any attention by anybody? Do you know what I mean? It's like, I follow a bunch of hashtags uh, and I see different art pieces and I go on their pages and I, sometimes I'm excited that they have at least like probably 50 followers or a hundred followers. So it's like, I'm going to repost you today. I want to give you a voice note and say, look, you're doing sick things. Let's have a conversation. Let's stay in touch. You know what I mean? Um, it may not be the podcast at this moment in time. It may not be a repost, but let's have this dialogue. So I want you to know that I'm here. I'm watching. So my thing over the years has just been adding value to every artist that I meet. Do you know what I mean? And making sure that they think and believe that, you know, I can do this thing full time. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I'm going back to your question. It's just like, yeah, I'm, I'm selfishly doing this more than ever now. Um, whereas before it, it was kind of a little bit self-serving, like, yo, I can do this event. This is me. But when you realize how much artists you're helping and you've seen how far they're going, like, you know, to mention Kobe again, he's, he's doing a talk at the Tate, um, you know, today. And it's like, I just thinking like, you know, you, you came from our show and stuff like that. So it's, it's, it's beautiful to see. Mm. And in terms of your grind and coming up, especially through music, um, I worked in music for about 10 years and it can be a tough industry and oh, yeah. it can be, 
yeah it could be a real uh it could be a real grind as i said before like what's your your ethos on navigating those barriers were you are you just like a naturally optimistic positive person did you have to apply perseverance just to to stick with it yeah i mean it's again for me it's it's a mindset thing and just putting myself in the right mind frame um you can get caught up in thinking why isn't everything happening so fast for you and it's happened quicker for others but I've kind of just boiled down to it. It's just like, it's just their time, man. It's like your time's coming. But if it means that I'm grinding a little bit longer, it means I have time to acquire more skills in my eyes. Cause if it was given to me, if it was given to me early, the, when I wanted it, I would have fluffed everything that I would have messed everything up and I wouldn't, you know, have this platform. I would have screwed everything up. Now it's just like every year, I don't even think about oh, this is the year I make it. It's like, okay, cool. What can I do this year that's just better than last year? Do you know what I mean? How can I improve my mindset? You know, I, I really, you know, have now paid attention to a lot of spirituality books now, just thinking, you know, how can I stay in that flow of positive energy, positive vibes, you know, you know, believing in God and also mindset books. I'm a massive Kobe fan, you know, and I loved what he did in the court and how he, you know, thought about the game and, you know, even watching the last dance last year, just seeing how Jordan's mindset was, it was very ruthless, but also he had like just the eye of the tiger. And I make sure I have that every single day, um, mind frame wise, cause it's just like, this game is hard. Do you know what I mean? Music was very difficult for me in terms of trying to push singles, trying to do this, trying to make it as an A&R at one point or a manager at one point. But even with art, I try not to, get in play the games of others i'm literally in my own game and just look this is what i'm going to do today this time and add value to people so you just have that that tunnel vision at the same time Mm. it's interesting that you brought up kobe because one Mm. of the things that i love about kobe and uh because everybody compares kobe to jordan and they're quite comparable in terms of how they play but in terms of the mindset they're a little different because kobe wasn't as naturally talented as jordan so Kobe had to do more. He had to be more yeah. strategic. Since we're on that strategic side of it, um, mm-hmm. how was your experience taught you about effectively leveraging social media from a strategic standpoint? Because most of us just kind of use social media as consumers. But from your mm-hmm. point, when you're looking at analytics and you're looking at optimizing posts and you're looking at keyword search, um, how has your experience enabled you to use that to empower both your platform and your eyes? Oh, it, it helps. I mean, I I love trying to find like the, the most viral thing possible that can happen for our Instagram. Do you know what I mean? Um, I know that numbers, people say, oh, numbers don't mean stuff, but I think it matters when you, when you want to start partnering with brands, do you know what I mean? Who may not get the vision. So you kind of still have the vision, but also have the numbers at the same time. From last year, it was all about what sort of content can I put out? Do you know what I mean? As much as I want to do great events and have loads of people there. I'm like, we're, 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 we're speaking to the world essentially now. It's like the internet is allowing me to speak to people in Africa, in New York, in LA. It's just like, as much as I can do an event, I always feel as though I'm isolating these guys a little bit. What can I do to add value to these guys to make sure that they're heard? So leveraging our page to now do podcasts, 
we do a podcast now. It's like, now it brings the audience to our page, to what we do. Um, I have done the art review, which I started up last year, reviewing artists, not only from London, but around the world now, um, you know, leveraging audience members from their pages so they can come on our page and see what we do. Um, I was going to say another show that I was going to do, but I, I, can, I can say it's like even now uh, we're doing a, a series called Artist Watch, you know, talking to artists okay. who are, are, are not even getting a look in. And it's just like, I want to see who's the next up and comer. Do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm looking for a new gem now. So it's just like, we pick them, we interview them, you know, they're going to be um, exposed on the platform. So it's just leveraging audiences through our content creation. Cause I think that's very key. I think people forget that, you know, they can build a platform and they can chase the money by saying, no, you need to pay me 150 to post. But I'm like, I'm not charging you guys. I want to create with you guys. Because if I can create something and it becomes bigger, you become bigger, my platform gets bigger. And if there's an, a, an opportunity to partner with a bigger entity through my brand, it's, it's bigger situations for everybody else. So we want to, I use my platform as leverage to continually, uh, consistently rather, um, add value to the artists that we work with. Mm. Was that always your vision for Art Meets Culture or was this something that developed over time as as it grew in size? And Yeah, it's something that developed. It Again, the, from the beginning, it was always like, I need to have the biggest event. This event needs to happen. And it was always about that. But even through doing the events, it was always about how am I going to create the experience for the audience? But call, call the, the lockdown a blessing even though it's hard to say that with, with despite everything that's gone on, but you know, the, the lockdown became a, a blessing for the brand where it was just like, we, we had to pivot. We had to adjust, you know, it, it, it was like, you know, being on the court and for years you've been doing events. It's like you're shooting freeze openly all the time. And then something else happens. Now you've got two defenders on you every single time now. So you're going to have to adjust your game a little bit. And that's how it felt like for me. So I adjusted to making podcasts. I adjusted to do content creation. You know, I, I even went on, did, uh, went and did a, an event management course as well. I said, when events come back, I need to be on point. So I went to go study that as well. That's amazing. What does it mean to you when you see the the fruits of your labor and when you see artists blow up and when you see people from your community and from the diaspora that have benefited from that exposure, what does it mean to you to see that actually happen in front of you? Oh, it means everything. It's like, I don't, I don't want to say, oh, it's like seeing your kids grow up and them <laughs> doing amazing things, but it gives me good energy to know that I've put something positive out into the world and, you know, they've latched onto it and they're just thriving from it. You know, some people have come on the platform and they don't do anything with that energy. They just kind of just, they're here because they expect some esoteric numbers to happen for them. They're supposed to get like half our following and stuff like that. I'm like, no, you come on this platform and you talk, you talk your, your best, you, you give the best energy possible towards it. And you know, that will come um, back towards you, you know, artists I can name like Tom Fitch art. He's doing amazing things. You know what I mean? Signed to a gallery, Stazzy, um, also Kobe. Kobe is probably one of my, you know, one of my best case scenarios in terms of what he's done for himself. He's like talking in the Tate, do you know what I mean? I didn't know I would work with an artist who's now on that level of Tate levels, you know what I mean? And that's, that's amazing to me. Um, you know, doing a, even a solo exhibition for Funny Tummy and, you know, he's done paintings for the biggest stars. So I'm probably missing out a couple names, but it's just amazing that I'm connecting people, um, 
essentially assisting rather, I rather use the term assisting people towards their dreams, you know, making them take their shot. So it's, it's an amazing feeling and I, and I, I wouldn't even change it for the Bob. Yeah. I mean, for real assisting for sure, but also empowering because it yeah. means so much to have somebody in your corner and to have somebody fight those battles with you and to just kind of share that energy. Right. Yeah. Oh, 1000%. And, you know, you used a, a great word, empowering. It's not only empowering for them, it's also empowering for me because it's you can look at this thing and think no money's coming in or we're not getting the right attention here and there, but it's empowering and it makes you push on. Hence why I'm always creating like, okay, what's next? What else can I add um, to the platform to make it better? Um, yeah, man, that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, it's really, really inspiring stuff. Um, your podcast, so the pivot that you've made into podcasting, uh, just from the outside looking in, it seems to be a really natural fit for you. Like I've listened to a few of your shows now and they just, it sounds like you've been doing it forever. Uh, what's been <laughs> the key to, for you to kind of getting that, that energy right on the podcast? Um, I mean, for me, it's always finding that common ground with the artists. I know we, we both love art. So that, that's usually the start. Um, you know, having initial conversations with them over Instagram, just to talk to them about their art, you know, building the relationships early from reposting their art and just telling them how great they are. And then once you see how their art is made and whether it, that, whether it's them drawing, uh, an artist that I love or, you know, talking about black empowerment or the current circumstances in the world, there's always con pockets of conversation, um, within that. And, even like most recently, I had a conversation with this guy. Uh, it's coming out soon. Uh, Seven God. He's from uh, Philly. And, you know, he talks a lot oh. about mental health. Um, you know, mm -hmm. his, his, his need to um, empower people through his art. And I resonate with a lot of that stuff, even without just having that podcast um, recorded in, in the first place. It was just, I can see all over his art. So, and my, my energy naturally just draws to them and I know what to say. I'll know how to make a joke or say certain things. And, and it just, it just works. So I'm, I'm kind of grateful for it. Um, I've had, had I've had, had, um, episodes where I've been stuck in terms of what to say, because it's just like, and this was like you during the early stages where I'm just like, I don't know what to say after this. I'm asking questions, <laughs> but you know, somehow, some way, um, you know, it works. So it just, it's, it's, it's a great vibe. Um, the thing that stands out for me about you, I mean, obviously we've only just met based on this podcast, but I've spent a lot of time going through your content and your background. Mm -hmm. And the thing that stands out for me is the word relationship. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of times when we're talking about work and we're talking about strategy and marketing, I'm talking about doing things uh, based on our culture. We tend to focus on the strategies. We tend to focus on tactics. We tend to focus, okay, if you do this in this way, you'll get X. Or if you do this in this way, you'll get Y. But in your case, it feels like a lot of what you've done and a lot of the success you've created has been quite organic and it's come from a place of relationships and a place of empathy. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, 100%. And, you know, that's just due to me trusting my skills and trusting what I am and what I can do for people. So when I'm building relationships, I'm not thinking, oh, I need to do this because of X or because of Y or there's some, you know, big thing at the end. It's just like, listen, I, I, I know what I'm capable of and I, I've never doubted myself in that remit. So when I talk to artists, it's just like, look, let's vibe, let's do something. 
but natural things will just happen from there because I'll know where to place it. Mm. Do you know what I mean? But it's always with that forefront goal of just, I'm going to help this person and get it done. Like, what do you need? Um, how can I help you? You know what I mean? Do, do you need people to help you with like um, sourcing out canvases, like all sorts? So yeah, so I kind of just put strategy on the side, but focus how I can build this relationship mm. with this artist because I know I want to be a part of their long-term future. Do you know what I mean? Because it's people are very grab and go. Oh yeah, we featured them. That's that. Oh, we featured them. That's that. So how can I build this long-term relationship with you? Because I want to be a part of that journey. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, this is kind of maybe putting you on a spot a little bit, but it's something that I get asked a lot. Uh, often mm. when I'm contacted by kind of younger creators and designers, they'll send me their portfolio and just be like, like, what should I do? And like, mm. it's, a, it's a hard question to answer when you don't know the person, you don't know their yeah. objectives, you don't know what they're moving towards. But mm. if you had to put together just a couple of key points of advice for an emerging artist on how mm. to either position themselves or where they should be headed, uh, what would they be? Um, one main thing that I always love and I think it works is storytelling. Yeah, I mean, people forget to tell their stories within their work and within their socials because they're so focused on trying to capture that viral moment. But it's within the stories. Most of the artists that I've worked with, I, I just, I, and, I, and I always say, preach their names because they've got amazing stories. Um, you know, to reference Kobe again, because he does it so well, is every one of his exhibitions is about his story, a situation in his life. And I find those things so powerful so if you're an artist coming up, yes, let's let's see the skills of you drawing a portrait and everything like that. But eventually you're going to have to do, and I relate to music, you're going to have to do the album that, that makes sense for everybody in the world because it's just like, you can get the skillful art people to be like, oh, this looks cool. And you're just going to get artists being fans of artists. But how do you transcend on getting the, the common person to be like, oh, I want to buy into that. Oh, that reminds me of my mom. Oh, that reminds me of, you know, when I lost a, a partner, a, a family member. You you want to pull on people's heartstrings. So that's one. Um, have a plan, which is another one as well. Like if you really want to take this long-term and build a business out of it, like have a plan. Do you want to be an artist who do murals? You want to be an artist who you know, commissions to the likes of Ikea and do like a, a range of stuff together and stuff like that, or you want to do on clothes. It's like have that strict plan to kind of take you from point A to B because a lot of people are doing a lot of random stuff right now and I see it and I like, I tell them like, what's the plan, man? What 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 are you looking, what are you looking to do long-term? And they don't know, but I always tell them like, once you have that strict plan, it it elevates you a little bit and it ha it keeps you in different kind of focus. And, you know, it, it, it makes your years better instead of just, you know, looking at everybody else and what they're doing and how they're structured. You know what I mean? So, um, storytell, have a plan and also like, don't give a damn. And I know I can't swear. So <laughs> don't give it, don't, don't care about what, um, you know, everybody else is doing. That's, that's a key thing because it's very distracting in this internet world to see, people become viral from something that you could have done. Oh, I could have drew, drew, drew that. So you you become a little bit envious, but I'm like, it's, it's tunnel vision because at the end of the day, your moment is coming. The internet's thickle, you know what I mean? It, you can make it whatever you want it to be. 
you know what I mean? It's, 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 it's your own matrix. You can design it however you want. You know what I mean? So yeah, those are, those are the three that um, I would give. Oh man, that's awesome. Awesome. Really, really insightful. Um, one point I want to make on that last one is that this is something that I've experienced myself as well as through um, other artists is, uh, so artists will go down a particular path or a creative will go down a particular path and they'll keep doing it and not finding success or they're not getting traction. And then there'll come mm. a point where they suddenly want to pivot and they just completely change the style or they go off and mm. hop on whatever's hot, whatever drawing right. style or whatever art style is hot. So I think the difficulty is having, is knowing when to make that pivot, if to make to pivot at all, or whether mm. to just keep going and keep that consistency going. Cause it can be scary for artists who have been going at it for some time and they're still yeah. not getting traction. And there's that kind of idea of like, right, I need to do something else. Would you say mm. to those artists, um, stay on the path or is there more, is there a more strategic consideration for them? Um, I mean, 1000% stay on the path because it, it, stay on the path, but have a, a strategy to add elements to make it better. Do you know what I mean? Cause you're always going to have to Im improve on that. Um, I think, you know, a lot of people change because they're not getting the attention, but they, they've always, they they've always got the attention from their core. And I think once you focus right, on your core, right, right. um, it then you get to nurture them. I was reading a book, um, called, uh, super fans. And it was all, all about as much as you want, like we've got 10,000 followers. I only want a thousand, um, super fans. And this is a secret I, I'm giving out. Um, like you can say, oh, I want 10,000 people and I'm going to make all the money in the world. And you see people million followers, but if you have a goal of just making a thousand people commit to you and spend at least a hundred pound a year on you, you know exactly what you're going to make, but that's your core fans who are dedicated to you. Don't think about the other nine thousand, nine thousand you have to please. It's that thousand um, people that you've committed to, that you've built relationship, that you gift every month, that you add value to. Those, those are the, those are the things I think of in terms of thinking about the core and it's not allowing you to adjust with, oh, that those fan bases are doing this. It's like, no, focus on your core. They they love you for that. So now build on that and add to it little by little. Yeah, yeah, I can second that. Um, I think the idea is something like for every uh, 100 followers you have, 10 of them are genuine fans. I think that's yeah. it's a metric like that. So it's like, yeah, that's, the, that's the crew you want to focus on. Yeah, 100%. Because I know who our core is and I talk to them all the time. And, you know, it's, it's DM conversations and it's just, oh, how can I do this? How oh, I want to be a part of that. And, and it's great because you're nurturing that and they will always vouch for you. So if anything goes wrong, they're fighting for you at the same time. That's amazing. And that's another really um, insightful point I want to make as well is the follow-up. You mentioned they're staying in contact with your core fans and... Mm going like always coming back to them and always having something for them to kind of create mm -hmm. that value. So it's almost like, these are the guys you got to keep on side. Everything yeah. else is just numbers and metrics, but these are the yeah. guys that you have to take care of. 1000%. Uh, and, I, and I think it works. It definitely works. And I think, you know, when you're not chasing the larger number, you, you, your brain kind of relaxes a little bit because it's like, okay, cool. A thousand is the goal, but everything else after that is a bonus. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's a pure bonus. So I, I'm having fun 
you know, getting to that number, do you know what I mean? Through mailing lists, um, you know, constant conversations on the mailing list and just trying to find out, okay, who's going to be more of a fan on the podcast? Who's going to be more of a fan on the YouTube? So it's like getting these fans and just guiding them into something that they're into. And then once you get that, those numbers up, you'd be like, okay, cool. This is my core cool audience. And then, you know, you end up building a, a great empire for yourself. That's awesome, man. Really appreciate that. Um, so what's next for you? What's next for the, the Art Meets Culture brand? Um, this year, it's funny that because um, Boris Johnson said everybody's free on the 21st. So that might, that madness. might have, ex- it's going to be, madness. It's gonna be um, I don't even know what to call it, but it's going to, it's going to be our New Year's Day that we didn't have. Do you know what I mean? I'll tell you that. But um, I mean, this year, um, there should be an, an event, an event happening. Um, I, I wanted to keep it a surprise for the people because, you know, they loved the last one that we did so much. We said, we're going to do a part two, um, more content. I'm really enjoying this whole content game. I want to, I want to reach a hundred podcast episodes this year. So I'm going to work my ass off for that. Um, and also do a hundred YouTube videos this year. So it's just literally just working on building the content, building the platforms and having different outlets for artists. Um, and yeah, just kind of really establishing the brand much further. Um, because, you know, last year was a great year for us in terms of people really got to know what we're about. We did the events and it was just, sure. it, it felt more um, regional, but now we feel a little bit more global. Right. So, because I feel a little bit more global, it's just like I've got a, a mission on my hands to make everything happen accordingly. That's amazing, man. Um, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, your insights have been amazing. Uh, for everybody, you have to go and check out Ade's podcast. It's just, it's awesome. It's much better than mine, <laughs> for sure. No, yours is good, but... man. I, I love it, man. I love the energy <laughs> behind it, man. Don't, don't, don't doubt that, man. Yeah, so again, my thanks to Ade for joining me today. His work no is a great man. example of how to properly use relationships and leverage social media and our networks to connect with those who you want to serve. This is someone to look out for in the future. Please go check him out at artmeetsculture.com or follow him on Instagram at artmeetsculture. You can find all the links mentioned in the show notes or on the full episode page, which you can find at bunbury.co forward slash podcast. That's B-U-N-B-U-R-Y dot C-O forward slash podcast. My thanks again to Ade and please join me next time for more inspiring conversations. And hey, thanks again, bro. Appreciate it. Thank that, you, man. man. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. You've been listening to Design for the People with Greg Bunbury.